Yeah. All right. Uh, here we go, Doug. Hey, hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to another episode of A Powwow with Pops coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Thank you for checking in on us this week. Thank you for uh, joining us, and actually, thank you for participating and listening to the shows, and it's greatly appreciated, and uh, I'm very thankful. And today, I'm joined by somebody. I'm not going to give all their credits because it's going to be brought up during the conversation, but I am here with uh, Doug Carrion. How are you doing today? Oh, 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 greetings from the interwebs. What's happening, everybody? <laughs> it's Super Doug from Los Angeles, Hermosa yes. Beach, California. How are you? Thanks, Pops, for having me out for a chat. I'm yeah, man. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to talking shop, talking about music. Yeah, man. Or or a variety of things. Yeah. Not politically related, but no. a variety of things. <laughs> yeah, usually... tangentially, a tangentially associated <laughs> <Yes>. with music. <laughs> I leave it. I leave it to the guests to say what they want to say about stuff. So I don't. I don't try to do that kind of thing. But yeah, I got you, man. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Cool. What's going uh, on? So, man, uh, yeah. So, usually, how I start these is kind of I just I want to get the uh, beginning stories. Like, uh, where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in Queens, New York. So I grew up there until I was about four, uh, home of the Ramones, and then I moved to Hermosa Beach, California, when I was about four and a little bit, wow. home of the Mighty Black Flag. Yes. So I kind of, in a way grew up in these musical pockets if you will musical subcultures and yeah. that's it grew up you know grew up down at the beach in hermosa beach got into punk as a you know skateboarding and surfing and all that stuff as a as a uh, young guy and um you yeah like, started playing and yeah there you go were you like in uh like what, what, so hermosa beach like when did you when did you move to california how old were you i was like four when i moved to california okay, so you did a, but, most but, of your growing up there Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I grew up, most of my grew, growing up was in Hermosa Beach in this little teeny, like, one mile grid town, like, sleepy beach town. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> a, like a small, beachy Florida town. <laughs> yeah, with a, it's kind of, but a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm familiar with the beachy Florida stuff. This was, this is, um, would have been a little bit more like hippie culture and okay. like crazy crazy bikers and a little bit a little bit more artist weirdos where florida florida is uh florida can be a little bit straighter you know a little bit straighter very vanilla you know what i mean yeah it can be a little straighter where this was more like you know you know like just whatever you think counter i mean come on man the the power of the counterculture and so by the time can i curse on the show yeah totally yeah so you figure by the time you know the parents that were part of the counterculture started having kids mm-hmm. that were part of the counterculture. It's not a surprise that those kids had a lot of fuck you in them. Right. <laughs> no, I know. That's, that's, the, I, that's what always makes me because my mom was a hippie. Like she was a right. Like she was. She went to the jazz festival out in California. You know, she did right. all that kind of stuff. She was. She was a wild one. She hung out with bikers. Like she yeah. was. She was a yeah. she was a cool chick, you know. Like she she knew yeah. she was a hipster in of that time period. I would say, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I kind of grew up around that. And then there was a bit of like a changing of the guards in that I got to see that transition from. Even though I, I grew up more fo- focused more on jazz, but yes, moving yes. aside from that, like you know, there was the rock classic rock element, and by the time 
the eighties had come around, things started to shift more toward that, you know, whether you want to call it new wave or punk or whatever. And then pretty much by, let's say like the top part of 80, there was like a divided line, whether you're like with us or you're not with us. And, and most of, most of the kids that I grew up with were very, um, influenced by circle jerks, black flag, Okay. Dead Kennedys, yeah. skateboarding, surfing, going as wild, uh, as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so when when um, the surf and skate culture progressed from sepia tones and hippie culture and went to spike hair yeah. and beer and, and speed Alba. and yeah and that like i I was part of that (laughs) that like transition yes a big transition kind of like uh for sure dri's crossover kind of a transition (laughs) yeah for sure great record yeah amazing so um you said you were into jazz which is awesome i'm a i'm a jazz fan uh i don't know much about the the a lot of the people but I've always liked jazz music, and how, how? So that you say that was your first go at music, that was your first love. What? What? What yeah. was your? What was your? What was the pull to jazz that you liked so much? Well, my mom introduced me to jazz when I was pretty young, when I was like nine. So I started listening, and I I started listening to jazz, and she would take me occasionally to the lighthouse in Hermosa Beach, which oh. was kind of like a bebop spot but that spot was actually booked by des kadena's mom and dad so in the punk culture a lot of the punkers parents were kind of influenced through the jazz world yeah so long story short i started getting into jazz and i would have been more of a guy that was a a bebop guy okay listening to or or west coast jazz so you figure you know Chet Baker, Stan Getz, okay. Miles Davis, blah, 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 yeah. in, in that world. Um, and then I kind of, you know, as I as I got a little bit older, you know, by the time I was about maybe 9, 10, 11, 12, so maybe three, four years later, yeah. I started getting really influenced by and was aware of what was going on in punk. Yeah. And I was able to find a parallel between, let's say, how Greg Ginn would solo on record and how he would solo live and okay. how that was different performances because right. it was kind of improvisational, yeah. which led me to the Minutemen, which led me to being able oh, to, um, you know, work toward the more punk, funk, jazz, yeah. screechy contortions, that kind of thing. Like this, you know, I really had a wide palette, but I would say jazz was the gateway drug, and it would be, yeah. would have been like jazz to black flag black flag to the minutemen and then it just kind of kept going okay so and and i i i read that you were also self-taught guitar player yeah i'm pretty much like a self-taught guitar player i was given an acoustic guitar when i was like 14 okay um yeah about 14 from my english teacher and and i just yeah i just kind of learned how to play a little bit and learned a ramon song and just kind of kept playing and teaching myself um yeah just just kind of did it that way and so uh, how was how, how was the high school was what was high school like for you was that like your biggest transition when you did you start playing in high school with did you start playing punk in high school and like did you start trying to start putting your yourself in the path to get in like to where you got into 
Well, I guess you could say the path kind of landed on top of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> As opposed good. to me. I mean, come on, man. You know, when you're in Hermosa Beach and you have like Circle Jerks and Descendants and right. Black Flag and Red Cross and bands like that are yeah. your neighbors. Yeah. You know, those are, those are the, those are the local bands. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'll put, I'll reverse this and say, well, if you're in high school and the local high school band is the descendants, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what are you going to listen to? Right. man? Like, so it kind of <laughs> hit me over the head. So, you know, so, uh, what ended up happening was in the area where I grew up, I, I, I'm kind of around the same age as like Fletcher and those guys yeah. from Pennywise. So yeah, yeah. me and Fletcher and Jim, we all kind of grew up in the same area where Bill and Milo are a couple of years older than me. Yeah. But um, Fletcher and I and, and that crew of, of South Bay people, um, otherwise known as the Lot Dogs, oh, would shit. kind of surf and skate and hang out at this uh, – elementary school called robinson okay and adjacent to the school was where the drummer hank and his grandparents lived oh, wow. and so everybody would be there like after surfing skating whatever hanging out and there was always equipment around and guys trying to do play yeah um fletcher he was usually on guitar and at some point hank was always on drums john Alds usually played bass and and for whatever reason one day as we were all hanging out trying to poorly execute minor threat <laughs> songs or whatever it was we were doing um i grabbed the microphone and started to try to sing right. and fletcher was like wow that's really kind of cool um and i never that got that pretty <laughs> much yeah that that, that kind of started me yeah. off on, on the road and so i kind of played guitar a little bit i kind of played bass a little bit i kind of played drums a little bit i kind of wow. sang a little bit yeah. and i would just i guess you could say jam with my friends that were all interchangeable musicians within yeah. the same time period yeah. and so that's kind of that's kind of how that started okay. um and 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 as it as it evolved, what happened was like the her the the Los Angeles punk scene started to get more and more violent and really really riddled with like gangs and stuff. So and how did how did that? Bit... Come? I was curious about stuff like that, like hearing that because here in Florida, at that time period when we go to punk shows, we had the Nazi skinheads. Yeah, I remember them. They and it wasn't fun. No, because in California, you guys had the American Front. Like, well, we had like, like we had just the crazy straight up wild west. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. We had we had the wild west, like like for for um just just when you start talking about let's say like the lads, the mongrels, the suicidal tendencies yeah. guys. I mean, there were the Circle One guys. You know, there was the vicious Circle guys. So every kind of maybe yeah, let's say like bedroom community and or bigger city yeah. had its own you know kind of like pack of of guys right. and so when you would go to a show and you know there would just be knocked down drag outs with the suicidal guys fighting the lads and then wow. it just it circled one guy i mean it was just a straight up free-for-all um guns and shootings and all that stuff and it just really became kind of a turnoff for me uh yeah 
you know, like like you, I got involved in punk rock pre Nirvana, yeah. and so I was very very comfortable being in the sketchiest most unsafe situations oh, you'd never yeah. want to be in but for me that was normal <laughs> yeah i was, was like i i watched security guys get flattened with plate glass windows and yeah. people knocked out on stretchers and just like that was just normal shit yeah but it, after a while um it just became a little bit like it just became a little bit hectic where you're like at, at each show you could tell it was getting more violent. There were more guns and stabbings, and just was starting to get really heavy. Yeah. So, I started steering more in the direction of doing kind of like noisier, kind of, I guess, alternative music, noisier yeah. alternative bands, and that's kind of how I ended up meeting Bill Stevenson. Was through me being in kind of a noisy band and oh, wow. him needing a bass player to fill in because Tony was leaving. Okay. So that's kind of that's kind of how that started. Like wow. I, I was way over in the in the birthday party, Einstein, Neubotten, Sonic Youth, yeah. Minutemen, okay. noisy, noisy world. I was yeah. way over there. Yeah. Uh, long had I outgrown. Uh, well, I don't know about outgrown, but I, I did a project with Fletcher when we were teeny boppers, like called Con Eight Hundred, which okay. was a lot like. Minor Threat, SOA, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But as the gang thing kind of just kept getting worse, I moved more into playing guitar and bass and into more of like the, the weirdo art world where yeah. it just wasn't as violent. Right. It was, it, there were definitely weirdos, but it just wasn't as um, sketchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> as that, and that, so that, so what age is this? Where are you at age-wise around this time period? Like nineteen twenty. Okay. Nineteen twenty. So you're just you're a young dude just wanting to play music, yeah. not not deal with all the the bullshit, and you you started doing yeah stuff. yeah right yeah I I mean because you know like I said the shows were um it was you just want to go see bands yeah and you like the music and you just but what you don't want is all the extra drama that goes along with it and i'll go back to what you were talking about before in in florida with the nazis and stuff and it's just like dude i just i just want to go see bands and i enjoy the music i don't want to have to fend for my life or god forbid like you know my friends get jumped and then you have to just, I just don't yeah. like problems. Yeah, yeah. And it just became problem, prob, talking about problematic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it I just mean, became problematic. Yeah. We had one, one of the crazy ones that I, we had at Janice Landings was, uh, it was Social Distortion Prison Bound tour. Mm. And Mike mm. Ness was playing. And of course the Nazis started doing their little Sig Heils. And of course Mike was like, you all are a bunch of pussies. You know, you wouldn't yep. last five minutes in jail and all that stuff. And so it ended up causing a riot and social distortion yeah. probably maybe got three songs in and then they oh. they had to bring the big old security guards up on stage to keep the skinheads out. And then yeah. like all yeah. the skinheads left and, and it, you know what the skinheads did? They all, every one of them took all of everything that they had that was social distortion tapes it was pretty much just tapes. Yeah. They had laid them out on the road, and they all drove over their tapes as they left. Okay. That well, was their like. I mean, you know, that was their that was their, their resolution to being dicks at a show yeah. and ruining it. We're gonna run over your tapes. They're like, "You're lost money, asshole." 
<laughs> but uh yeah we we went through like um i remember descendants doing a show and it was an outdoor show uh in and i want to say it was tampa or st petersburg something like that yeah. and um same situation where you know the nazi guys were doing their thing up front and after a song or three milo wasn't having it yeah and uh and and it just turned into a really big like and milo's not a fighter guy at all but i think he just got so he got so frustrated with uh the nazi guys you know beating people up and just just kind of like making it a a shitty situation for people yeah he just got frustrated usually (laughs) usually the little kids in the pit that didn't know what the hell was going on all of a sudden they get knocked out by some big bonehead yeah you know yeah it's just like yeah and that's the that's the whole thing where um you know, people just want to have fun and see music. You know, yeah. they, uh, uh, they don't want to get involved in some of that other, you know, some of that other stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some which of that other stuff. So, which does not, yeah. has nothing to do with the, the, the purity and the, the message of punk rock music. Yeah. I mean, I got into punk music, you know, because it was a way to kind of celebrate um, music and being an individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and really, like, really embracing people's differences. Yeah. And, boy, that it just quickly became kind of like attack of the Nazis and attack of the clones. Yes, right. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I will say being a guy that's pre-Nirvana, yeah. it was, you know, I, I, I was very comfortable with people in all different shapes and sizes yeah. at the show. Yeah, like exactly. It didn't, didn't bug me at all. No. Like, I loved it. I mean, the, you, you want the weirdos there, man. Like, you, that's, of course. That's what it's all about, of, you know, like, you, the of weirdos. Course. <laughs> of course. And that's like, you know, when, when you go, when you take a step backwards and you look at, well, who are the people that were following david bowie or the ramones or iggy pop or whatever it's like usually it was the weirdos and then when you when you go a a a quick further and you're like when you're when black flag is playing some small town in tuscaloosa or some street usually (laughs) the people that come out are the freaking weirdos you know those are the ones where uh uh i don't know you know there's there's a very close parallel to like black flag and bikers and blue cheer and you know where motorhead is and stuff like that it's like (laughs) one of my favorites so yeah so there's kind of a funny you know kind of a funny parallel to that but whatever you know i I, I, i'm a i'm a fan of letting the letting the freak flag fly um and and occasionally you still see bands doing that you know in a in a great in a great way like like the chats for example from australia like bands like that where you're like oh wow you know these guys are uh doing their own thing yeah i mean that's what you want you know of course i'm although i'm not a fan of a mullet I can really appreciate a band that rocks mullets pl- proudly. You're like, wow, yeah. these guys are freaking ripping the mullets, they're man. They're with like, it, man. They're rolling and owning it, like yeah. full mullet rock. And you're yeah. like, jeez. So that's kind of, in a way, kind of badass. That's yeah, no, pretty, right? That's pretty punk. Yeah. No. Because that that's like not what you'd find at hot topics that's exactly. what i mean it's like it's, yep. they're not mall punks yeah 
it's not derived so it's from somebody else's shit. It's it's their own thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is cool. You yeah, know? man. But whatever. Anyway. Yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. So you so as you move on and so what was the first band that you that you were legitimately legitimately in and when did that start? Like what time period? So the first one the first one would have been like early nineteen eighty and it would have been doing Con eight hundred, so in that like eighty, eighty one, eighty two, that world. Yeah. And then from there I guess the next one that's the maybe the most notable. Let's I'll, I'll go with bands that recorded and did shows. How's right. that? Like That'll not work. weird projects. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. okay. So the, then the next one would have been a band called Incest Cattle, which was really, really, really noisy and angular. Okay. Um, and and for people that like go, yep, I have kind of like a punk noise background and they can find it on mystic compilations and stuff like that. Like, wow. And then from there, then I I made the leap over to Descendants. And then from Descendants, I made the leap over to Dagnasty. From Dagnasty, I made the leap over to doing For Love Not Lisa, blah, 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 blah. I just kind of continued playing. I never really, I really never stopped. So... So I also see that you're an engineer, an audio engineer as well, and you yeah, recorded yeah. and produced. How was that? Did you? I'm guessing you went to school for that. You did you get a degree I, in that? I, I, I did, but I also like I, I'm a certified Pro Tools guy, and I do have a degree in audio engineering. Yeah. Yes, um, like you know technical stuff, but I got into it. Because I just wanted to make my demos sound better. Right. And I was like, well, you know, just talk about selfish. Well, that's <laughs> for, the... I got into it. I, I got into it for selfish reasons. Like, my demos suck. I gotta, you know, how yeah. do I make them sound better? Hey, let's you know, make, so I, that, not that's selfish. Kind of... It's DIY. It's DOI. Yeah. So, <laughs> in, in fact, it's fun. It's funny that you you bring that up because um, I've been involved in the music world for a minute or two, yeah. and it's not the first time that it's been brought to my attention that I can kind of do everything along the way. Yeah. Meaning I could write a song, I could record the song, I could go out and tour the song, I could record the record, I could release the record. Yeah. I could market the record, I could book a tour, just uh, I could do the graphics just on and on and on. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of the, um, when you say DIY, it's like I, I came up the ranks Black Flag Descendants style. Yeah. Um, and so that was just something that just, just it, it's just in my kind of DNA yeah. doing that and learning to do things, um, just learning to do things, being really comfortable wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know, a yeah. lot of different hats. Right. Uh, figuring stuff out. And it really, um, in a way, I know, talk about me tying this to a peculiar thing, but it really has a lot to do with being a problem solver. Okay. And I think I think being a problem solver is a skill set I learned while surfing. Okay. And the reason why is like when you're surfing, the landscape is constantly changing right. and you have to make a lot of calculated decisions mm-hmm. spontaneously right, right there you're solving problems forward backwards left right blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and i think i think that kind of 
was just something that I was really comfortable and have been conditioned with yeah. where, you know, you look at a situation, good, bad, positive, negative, yeah. and you're like, okay, how am I going to navigate through this and, and yield the best result? Right. That is freaking DIY. Yeah. Like that's it really. Yeah. And sometimes you fall and break your ass and then you get up and you're like oh wow I, I i shouldn't do it that way i should you know move three degrees to the right or three degrees to the left and yeah. learn how to do things better faster more efficiently and so forth but i really do tie a lot of that problem solving to surfing and skating okay you know that's yeah, that's that, that, that skill set yeah that makes <laughs> that sense skill set. yeah that makes that makes complete sense so in your in your in your time over the years playing in all these different bands and and uh touring and i mean you've been going at it for a good many years and what what was your i'd say what would you consider some of your highlights while in your journeys as a musician you know like you could say a show a record you know like what are what are the things that stick out to you most in your journey that you've had so far um, the things that stick out to me would be how just bizarre the music trail is, like the journey, yeah. just how, how strange. Yeah. So when I was 17 and I saw Minor Threat at Dancing Waters in 1982, July of lucky. 1982, had you told me a few years later, Doug, you're going to be like you're going to meet Ian at the 930 club and right. he's going to help you bring your amps into the venue oh, shit. and you're going to sleep at discord house. Damn. I would have said, what are you, what are you crazy? Like that's never going to happen. Right. And things like that, which those are, those are the moments where you go, Oh wow. Be playing the guitar. Greg Hetson wrote red tape on. Right. <laughs> right. Fuck. Yeah. Getting a so getting a song on the Crow soundtrack with the Cure. Yeah. I mean, things like that's, that. That's you know, fucking badass. <laughs> that's badass. Things were see. I'm in a way. In a way, I um, I'm, I'm a funny because sometimes I'm not really focused on what happened in the past, but I'm yeah. more focused on like what's going, what's happening ahead of me or right. currently. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm quite present but every once in a while you look back and you go wow i did that or that happened or you know uh, uh even doing descendants and playing a gazillion shows right. to under six people to <laughs> under six people right yeah, and yeah. doing the best doing the best performances ever <laughs> and the only people that know are me ray bill milo and those six people right. everybody else is like they, their version is like, oh, Descendants is, you know, they, whatever, 4,000 people come out to see them or whatever it is. Yeah. That's what they think, where it's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not how it really <laughs> no, works. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are the things, <laughs> I, I guess, just stuff like that was has always been, uh, and, and there are, and I still enjoy what I do. I have a great deal of passion for what i do and i'm still learning new ways to reinvent and create and right. do that so it's always, it's still just as exciting to me and the fact that here we are in 2022 and i get to make music with peter courtner yeah that's just 
that's another one of those, like, had you had told me that 10 years ago, I would have said, there's no way, like, Peter's not into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no way that's ever going to happen. So what but you... life is, yeah. life is weird, and the musical journey has been, dude, getting to do shows with Dead Kennedys. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, just, come on, man, like getting to do shows with bad brains come on man yeah i would have i would have loved to meet jello biafra like funny guy quirky dude that, quirky that, dude he's uh, he's one of the guys I'm, I'm gonna i've been trying to get on the show as well so and you should and, yeah. and you should you know what i mean it's like don't don't be sh that's the you know what jay just remember that people that are pre-nirvana they're a lot easier to reach out to yes, and much are. more user friendly. Yeah. The ones that are both like, if you were to try to get like, n not to besmirch, yeah. let's say like water parks. You're, right. I don't know if you're, you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna get water parks on right. the show. Good <laughs> luck, Chuck. You're never gonna get through. That's a gauntlet, brother. Or, you're never or, gonna get through that. Well, there's a band that I'm really into out of England right now, and it's a two piece. It's, a, it's a bass player and a drummer. They're called the Royal Bloods. Okay. And okay. it's a bass player. And a drummer, and that's it. And these guys write. It's they write some. Check it out. I mean, they write some killer songs. Is it like? Is it like no? Is it like no means no? Like real angular, like that? What is it's, it? Or is it just space? It's straight up rock music. But the guy sings, has a great voice. The drummer's insane, and this guy uh -huh. plays guitar riffs and rhythm on a bass, you know, with the pedals and stuff. So he has that. He does that kind of feel like. Yeah. Lemmy did, you know, it sounds like he's playing yeah. guitar, but he's playing bass. It's freaking, it's crazy did you ever see? Did you ever see that band Slaves? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know they I never got to a, see them. Oh, or just videos of them. Like, that band yeah. gets a lot done for yeah. two people. Yeah, it's They sick. get a lot done. Like, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty incredible. Um again when you're talking about like musical formats and the evolution of music like yeah. that's something that you know a two-piece band wouldn't have been considered too cool and not a at all years ago yeah where now it's like it's very common and, and yeah you know you can do you know that there's that or um even you know how, how people integrate let's say electronics into the show yeah you know, like that, whether it's a laptop or whatever, you know, yeah. it's kind of, kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. That, um, the progression music... is neat to see from the, from the, from how music has come up and like, you know, like you're talking about the old bands, even like the stuff that was like, like seventies in, in New York, like television and gang of gang of four is one of my favorite bands. Like those guys were freaking insane. Like these, you know, like, there's all these bands out there that I, a lot of people like. It's funny because a lot of people don't know about Gang of Four in Florida. I don't know why, but <laughs> right. But they know about Fugazi. Yes. Oh, yes. Everyone in Florida. Oh, you kidding so, me? Everybody loves so Fugazi. That's what I, yeah, and, and and Fugazi rips. Don't yeah. get me wrong. They're, no, they're, they're, they're wonderful. They're freaking amazing. But, <laughs> They but they also played... owe a little. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. They also owe a little bit to get. They owe a little bit to Gang of Four. Yeah, you know? and to Wire and 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 that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? so you could see. Of, yeah, you could see ass. the transitions. Definitely, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, along your journeys as well, you know, you you've you've done all that stuff like um, 
What do you think in your times of doing these shows, like, what was, what would be the one situation that was the most surprising for you as a musician going in these travels? Like, what was the thing that stuck out to you most and you were like, all right, this is going to be it. This is all I'm going to do. Like, what was the one thing that just, you, you got supercharged you into becoming so um, uh, intricate about your music and how you did it and how you recorded it and all that other stuff? See, I don't quite understand what your question is. It's your, it's your, if, if you could reframe it, you're at, like, for me, it's still going. Right. It's still, it's still building. So I can't really put a pin okay, I got in it. Yeah. As it, it, it's in a way, um, this is the art, the artier side of, you know, the art side of, of my world. Yeah. It's like, if you and I were both making soup or right. an omelet or whatever it was, you'd have your way of swinging at it. And I'd have my way of swinging at it. Yeah. And neither are right or wrong. It's yeah. just different interpretations of the same, okay. uh, of the same idea. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> and, I got you. and in a way, and in a way, music is like that. Where I've always been in love with the process. Okay. And the process of having an idea, writing the idea, recording the idea performing the idea yeah. rinse and repeat and sometimes you know you have these ideas and they resonate further out into the universe yeah. than others right. and that's like that's kind of you know I, I hope that answers your question and I think it's an I love the entire process and I'm still in love with it okay, and I, right. I get better at it yeah I, I get better at it I, I self-reflect and try to figure out new ways to keep myself engaged yeah. to to do new things that i think are clever um a lot of the notes have already been written yeah. a lot of the chord structures and and whatnot and so rather than getting too bogged up in that yeah. i always try to figure out what can i bring to the table that makes it new and interesting going right. back to the, like selfishly yeah. like yeah, what yeah. would i want to do right, selfishly right. and then and then you hope that other people can connect with that but once once an idea leaves like even when it comes to like field day right now like once yeah. once we you know the guys have done a recording and we release it and it goes out into the universe yeah. we can't control what happens? Right. There's a lot of people that are going to give it a thumbs up. Yep. Some people will give it a middle finger. You, know, you, just, <laughs> you never know. Right. You yeah. never know. Yeah. But, but I, I try to focus my energy on, okay, what's the next document? Yeah. What's the next idea? Yeah. So I, I, I guess it's maybe the part that I'm in love with the most is the fact that it's being constantly in motion. Right. You know, yes. it's being con it, it's being the creativity is constantly in motion, whether because we're going back to the like you come up with an idea, you record the idea, right. you do the graphics and the thing and then the idea comes out and then you go out and sing the idea. Right. And then you come back to Los Angeles and you write an idea and it's like that right. process, what, whatever you want to call that, yeah. that cycle, that seasonal cycle. Yeah, I freaking love it. And yeah. I've loved it since I was, you know, since I was a teeny bopper. Yeah, that's awesome. 
what I noticed also this year is that all these like bands like you, TSOL, uh, DOA, everybody's charged out this year. All these old school punk bands are coming out and doing stuff this year, and it's really blowing up. And I'm kind of curious how you, what you're, how you feel about it. I mean, I know I, I'm excited about it. I'm glad that these y'all are out there. You're coming to like Gainesville, like Field Day. You guys came to Gainesville and played with some local bands who are friends of mine. I couldn't make it to the show, and you know, like it's uh, it's so cool to see these all you guys still pushing forward the way that you're doing and putting out new material in 2022 after the last crazy from 2016 to 2022, you know, and the COVID right. and all that stuff and right. all the crazy things. Right. And, and, uh, right. Well, I think so here, here's my opinion on it. My, yeah. my opinion on it is, um, I think that people need music and people like to be entertained. And I think that there's a reason why, there's a reason why people want to hear Abolish the Government yes. by TSOL. Yes. It's a good song. It's amazing. They like punk music. I played on you my... know what I mean? So it's yeah. like <laughs> So my point is that <laughs> if bands if if Jack and the guys can deliver the goods and mm -hmm. still do it and they're still enjoying it, then yeah. in a way, think of it like a triangle. Okay. Yeah. So think of it like a, a triangle. So on the lower left hand side is the band. Yeah. On the lower right hand side are the fans yeah. and way up at the top is abolish the government or freaking sour grapes yeah. or exercise or yeah. godfather whatever like it yeah. could be one of my songs it could be one of your songs yeah. it could be one of jack's songs doesn't matter what a bill songs milo songs carl songs yeah. song. don't matter to me yeah. it's the fact that people love to participate and have this common connection yeah so that common connection when that can still going and it's yeah. like shit doa is rolling through with that common connection it's doing killer. you know you know it's badass and yeah. as long as as long as everybody's happy in the in that um triangle you know yeah. in that in that equation yeah fudge yeah that's badass yeah. i do there are times there are times when i think um you know, maybe guitar music is like an old typewriter. Right. You know, where it's like that that's going the way of the dodo. That's like way out there. It's like, no. yeah. you know, but people <laughs> still like guitar music um, and people still have a great, you know, a great feeling for um, the shows, songs and shows, which goes to now I'm going to segue over to field days. Right. Yeah. So, Peter and I, like when we're at the top of the triangle, the songs, yeah. Peter and I, we realize that we don't own the songs anymore. The fans own the songs. Right. And so, and we love them yeah. just like the fans do right. on that bottom axis. We're sliding toward the fans. We slide back toward the band. We right. slide. To, so we freaking love those songs. Yeah. So our mission is okay. If we're going to do it, we just got to do it better than it's ever been played. Yeah. That's where like field day dot, dot, dot are fucking dragon slayers. Yes. I mean, we murder, we murder those sets. Yeah, we guys, murder yeah. those sets. I've been watching, I've been watching a couple of YouTube wow. videos. You guys have been 
really wrecking it pretty tough. <laughs> we just murder those things. And the reason why we do that is because you're only going to get one opportunity to play Godfather yeah. to, let's say, a crowd in Tampa or whatever, fill in the blank, right? Yeah. You better do the best you can to make sure it's really good, yeah. you know, to properly execute it. Yeah. And, and I think in a way um, – that we know how important the songs are to other people right. and the songs are important to us and we just we want to do them justice and and that's when we're talking about the old catalog right. and then when you're talking about new stuff it's the same thing like we we've been we've put out three releases since 2020 yeah um and we're still buzzing along and writing and yeah. we're still going and 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 people like what we do. Yeah, they like what we do. Yeah. So it's kind of rad. It's kind of rad. We actually, but, we actually uh, love it. Actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, man. And, and it's 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 something that like you know, it it does take a bit of it does take a bit of a leap of faith. Yeah. You know, to to do that, like think about this for a second. And I know this is kind of a little squirrely, and I yeah. I'll, I'll try not to go too far out on a on a. You know, on on the road, but a lot of the ba- a lot of the bands, let's say, like, um, you know how before we were talking about Penny, we were talking about like pre Nirvana and yeah. post Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. There's also a phenomena of bands that were like on K Rock or not on K Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the on the Warp Tour or not on the Warp yeah, Tour. Yeah, yep. Okay. I remember those. Okay, days. so okay, so so now. Keep in mind that Field Day is we are we are independent band. We yeah. are an independent punk band. We've never been on K Rock. We're never going to be on K Rock. Right. We've never been on a Warp Tour. I doubt we'll ever be on a Warp Tour. That's you really know, so weird that you get so like that's the one thing about Warp Tour that I always I always had issues with because they were always seemed to be pushing more instead of doing the full you know amalgamation of where it started and where it's at then you know they kind of just gave you everything that was right then you know like you got inundated with like afi you know and alkaline trio which are great bands but like they they showed you they showed you the newer stuff but they didn't really warp tour didn't really work too hard on keeping the older bands you know in the know working yeah right and see now here's here's what's funny about that so uh, when i first started playing music bands helped each other out yeah totally so let if i like for example when i was in dad nasty and i was booking dad nasty and we would cross paths with seven seconds Usually Kevin from seven seconds and Doug would break off and go have a coffee or whatever. And we'd exchange phone numbers of what promoters were doing shows where. Right. Okay. So that's how, that's what's, that's the world that I'm very used to in the music world. Now it's very, very different. Yeah. Bigger bands don't help little bands. It's very uncommon. It's very different. And I think, not to throw the not to throw work tour under the bus because that's not no, the no, point. No. But I but, but I think that that was maybe the precursor to I'm in it for me and I'm not really worried about anybody else. Yeah. And so that that 
it's just something that I'm acutely aware of that yeah. like a lot of times, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things where bands don't really help one another. Yeah. There's not that true, uh, uh like they should, the like true they collaboration should. that artists should have with each other. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's almost, um, you know, I saw this before with, um, uh, some teeny bopper bands yes. and, some of the teeny bopper bands when when blink 182 kind of started going and they were on whatever mca or rca yeah, yeah. or whatever it was and their, and their record did really really well and they're a great band yeah um i started to notice that the mtv hot topics kids that were like oh i'm gonna get a guitar and i'm gonna play yeah like blink 182 or i'm gonna learn descendant songs or whatever it is they were the first people to the, the the lesson that they didn't learn was that it was supposed to be about community. Yeah, exactly. Very different. Yes, and I, you know, but by no means am I coming at it like, oh, back in the day, whatever, right. whatever, whatever. As much as I see the opportunity for people to work together, yeah. and I think that's what people should do is work together and and never lose sight of of that. Um, even when it comes to like. Like I help teeny bop, I help bands. I yeah. help teeny bopper bands. Yeah, totally. Time, <laughs> you know, I help teeny bopper bands, and that's something that. Um, so it's kind of neat to see that when it's still happening, when when bands are helping each other, yes. or when bands are still, you know, still getting out there and doing doing their shows and yeah. stuff. I think it's great. Uh, for some of the bands, you just don't know how much longer they're going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or they're going to be capable of doing it right. uh, or be interested in doing it. You know, so you just never know. It's a weird, it's a weird landscape. Maybe, maybe it's going to end up like blues music or something where it's right. a very – I don't know. I mean if you told me there would eventually one day be punk rock cruises – where yeah. there's a cruise ship that goes out <laughs> and a bunch of bands are going to go on there and play. Yeah. I'd be like, what are you crazy? Like punkers are crazy. They'll sink the fucking ship. Are you nuts? You know, but punk rock bowling. <laughs> yeah. In amazing. Vegas every amazing. year, you know, like, I, yeah, yeah. We field day, field day. We're invited to punk rock bowling. We had a, we did really, really well. Awesome. Awesome. That's we great. did really well, man. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm. Hold on one second. Are you Recalibrating. Still... Yeah, my some of the stupid phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, I'm not gonna keep up any more of your time, Doug. That was you. You cool. filled you filled me up. Uh, you gave a lot of great stuff. Um, is there anything you would like to leave the listeners to? Like, was there anything you would like a, a message you would like to leave to them? And uh, push anything that you would like to push that you want to. Okay, so here's here, we'll go with the if you're trying to check out Field Day, or if you're for for people who like, let's just say fast punk rock, yeah. fast melodic punk rock, you'll love Field Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's what we do. Uh, if you like that skate rock punk rock kind of thingy, mobber. Yeah. Um, and if you were to look on either Instagram or Facebook or out there in the Googles of the world, <laughs> Field Day Sounds, yep. Field Day Sounds, you'll see, you know, the the Peppa that 
Peter designed, you know, yeah. that we used on the Wig Out of Danko's record. And that's how you could track us down. Um, we are getting ready to go to Omaha, Nebraska on May 6th and Kansas City uh, on May 7th. Yeah. So if you live in the Midwest and, and so forth, come say hi. Yeah. Um, down beats at 10 and we usually do a very informal meet and greet afterwards so cool. we'd love to hang out with anybody that can make it out i say that also and that we have a fair amount of people that fly in for shows yeah so for some of the people that are flying in and they can come from canada yeah. germany whatever hey guys see you in the midwest let's have some fun um and so that's kind of that. And then as far as like any words of wisdom or anything like that i would just say you know stay positive and you know support independent music if you can and go out and see local bands and who knows who's the 15 year old in the garage banging out beats and noise right now and that particular person is going to need your help so when they come up the ranks and they need a show don't be a dick give them a show (laughs) (laughs) you know don't be a dick give them a show or or go out and buy the t-shirt from them or something so you know that's the only way that's the only way we're going to keep I, the art form and this style of music moving forward yep. is by supporting one another. Yep. And, I, and I'm a big believer of that. So hopefully like support local record stores, support local, local bands. That's yeah. badass. And, and, and come out and see field day when we swoop back through, you know, your part of the world. Yes, most definitely. And Doug, thank you so much for doing this. And it's, I had an amazing time with you, man. Uh, thank you for the stories. Thank you for the history coming up all the way up to now. Uh, I don't know what people out there, you know, like this show, this show has been going for a while. And, and, you know, like I said, I've been lucky enough to talk to all my heroes and, uh, and you guys are the reason why I'm still around today. All, all these musicians that I get to talk to you guys, you all gave me that PMA and that stuff as a young kid when I was struggling with stuff and, and dealing with hardships and, you know, growing up in a hard time. You all gave me that 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 uh, that mindset that just keep fighting, moving forward. And then, lucky enough, I moved to Gainesville and I got into music. and And th- it's because of bands like yours and every band that you played in, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's that's badass. That's that's a beautiful thing. And also, it's like you you know the relationship between the musicians and the fans is not such a gigantic one that there's not a huge distance between there, especially in the punk world. Yeah. So, so I'm going back to the triangle. It's like, you know, yeah, we're all part of the same thing. You know, we're all part of the same thing. So for sure. I'm glad that I'm glad that you still, you know, you're, you're on a positive path and, and still love, going out and seeing shows and doing music and meeting people and talking about music. That's a great thing. And now what you're doing is you're, you love music so much. You're doing podcasts, talking about music. I'm I'm, I'm categorizing history that will never go away because it's in the cloud. (laughs) Exactly. It'll, it lives in the zeros and ones forever. forever. Yeah. So to the, to the zeros and ones, Doug, I appreciate you. You have a wonderful evening. I thank you for your time. Best to you and yours and all the all the guys and uh, thank you again. Right. For sure. Thanks for the chat. I'll talk to you later. I mean, I'll send you the I'll send you the link. You just blast it out. Cool. All, all right. right. Thanks, bro. All Bye, right, man. Have a good night. Bye. Peace. Well, folks, that was Doug Carrion from Phil Day. 
and all the other bands that he mentioned. Thank you so much for listening. You all have a great night. Peace. From Apollo Pops. <laughs>